Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's big match preview, you may be able to tell by the smile on my face, we are going to be looking back at our first win in 17 league games, a 2-1 win away at Derby County, and of course, ahead to Saturday's trip uh, to Northampton Town as well. Joining me, two people who were there at Pride Park on Tuesday night. First up, top right, Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lou? I'm very good, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm got mixed mixed emotions really because I feel I feel a little bit to blame for our form this season, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, but yeah, massively massively pleased with the, with, the, with the performance and the three points on Tuesday. Also, bottom of the screen there, Tash Everett. How you doing, Tash? Good evening, mate. I'm very good. Yeah, I've just about come down from cloud nine. Uh, yeah, brilliant evening. Yeah, it really was uh, a special night for everyone who made the trip up to uh, to Pride Park or like me uh, on a rare occasion watching at home. Uh, as Charlton finally put uh, their long winless run to bed, a, a second half comeback uh, at uh, at Pride Park means we beat uh, Derby County. So we'll hear the goals uh, shortly. We'll hear, uh, I thought it was an excellent interview with Nathan Jones uh, after the game uh, as well. Of course, we want to uh, look ahead to Saturday's trip up to Northampton. Uh, also, we've got um, Danny Brothers from the It's All Cobblers to Me pod uh, joining us later on uh, in the show. We'll hear from Nathan Jones once more uh, on the Saturday's game as well. want to hear from you guys as well. <laughs> Hello to everyone in the chat, including Andrew, who says how much to pay Louis and not to go to any more away games. Uh, two away games I've missed this season. Uh, the only two that we've won, of course, I've been to 15 uh, without seeing a win. Uh, David's in there saying Nathan Jones has the Midas touch. Uh, Martin's in there saying before we spend an hour of joy after a win and looking forward, let's cut to the chase. Am I going to Northampton? We may have to accept a draw. Hashtag stay home, Louis. I'm afraid to say I am going to Northampton and I'm going Cheltenham and I'm going every other game this season. So enjoy it while it lasts, people. We, we That was our last win of the season. Uh, Spamfish is in there. Paul's in there. Alan, Cheltenham fan. Uh, George, J, Ian, Lawrence, um, Ben's in there signing a petition for me not to do away games as well have your say uh, on the tuesday evenings win and um, leave a comment in the live youtube section you can email us as well or you can tweet us uh, at Cholton live let us know what you made of the game uh, on tuesday the victory and it feels so good to be saying that lewis i bet it felt even better to be there in that away end at 10 o'clock on, on tuesday night it was pretty good, mate. Yeah, I can't lie. I, I don't want to. I keep going on. It's going to rub salt in the wounds for you, but it was pretty good. Yeah, um, it was just a great. I mean, second half performance was was brilliant. I mean, it probably. I like. I would. I was about to say. I don't know what Nathan Jones said to them at half time, but I. I think a riled up Nathan Jones. If he said anything, it would make people run through brick walls for him. And I think the second half, I, I just thought we were, we were fantastic. I think. There were some areas in the first half I was slightly disappointed with. I thought that we were losing our midfield battles a little bit. Um, Derby got physical midfielders, you know, the likes of Ebu Adams and and Tate up Smith and people like that. So that they they played. I think first half they looked a lot stronger. They were having a bit of 
um, a bit of joy down the right-hand side um, on tonight. Watson, I think there were a few little scares in that first half. And the goal, sadly, came from just a you know a little bit of poor defending from a set piece. And it was a bit disappointing going on at half-time. And as the half-time whistle went and we were sort of talking about it at half-time, I didn't really see that coming in the second half. I thought it was a bit of a challenge because I don't think we were awful. But I just thought it's such a shame off off of two fairly positive results against uh, the other sides in you know the top three. It was it was interesting to see how we would how we'd react to to going down, especially that late uh, in the half. How we'd react, and I mean, what a, what a uh, what an example of the of the character, and maybe what Nathan's done for that side because they came out and there were players that we haven't seen perform yet in Charlton shirts, put in some serious shifts. You know, I thought Gillespie was really really good. Connor Coventry second half was the Connor Coventry I think we've all wanted to sign, um, and again Anderson and Carney were just absolutely outstanding. They're a real a real asset to our football club and another another prize from our academy, you know. And I was really really proud. And you know Tash and I went and we were you know talking about it on the way home and and at the game and stuff. Just how how good it feels not just to win, but when you see the same set of players that you know Appleton couldn't really get a tune out of, and a side that felt like they weren't really you know, likeable, relatable. It's, it's harsh to say, but you know what I mean when I say that. And now all of a sudden, that togetherness shown at full time, the scenes, you know, it, it was, it, it sends shivers down your spine a little bit, really. The reaction of, of Nathan and the team at, at full time with the fans and going over and that build, you know, building that connection back up. And I think we've seen like an immediate, uh, you know, an immediate strengthening of the relationship between players, supporters, coaching staff. And, and it's come on so quickly under Nathan. And, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely loving him as our manager. It, it just feels, so good following Charlton again. It's only one win and it feels like I'm getting carried away, but just what he brings in terms of belief and character has really lifted the entire mood of the fan base, I feel. Excellent stuff. Right, well, we've been getting pelters for playing the highlights of games over the last few weeks because people don't want to hear it, but you do want to hear this one. These are the Charlton TV commentary highlights of the 2-1 win away at Derby County. Your commentators are Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. Wolf swung in and tools the near post is headed home. Cashin it is. Mendes Lang's corner. Cashin at that near post, heading home. Derby take the lead. There was a huge tussle at the near post. Might have been Bradley, who was taking up two Charlton players and holding each other, everyone, in that uh, near near post hustle. And Cashin came across and exploited that. Got there before I stood. Yeah, See that? Post. Oh, it's Nelson, in fact, isn't it? Neither of them jumped. Cashin ran in, had the ball. Coventry first time will look for Carnu, who's got beyond Bradley. Carnu, can he get there ahead of goalkeeper? He does, he brings it down, and Charlton have the penalty. Outstanding from Daniel Carnu. Well seen by Coventry. What a ball that was. Well, Smith has made for Charlton. Can he level for the Addicts? Huge moment for Charlton. Charlton's number nine. Before he blows his whistle. Alfie May for Charlton. Steps up. And yes. scores for the Alex. Nathan Jones couldn't look. He's looking now. Brilliant finish from Alfie May. And Charlton substitutes. Again, making a difference. Alfie May introduced. Now on the Derby right. Steps inside to Adams and he's missed it, Adams. And Nico will take over for Charlton. Nico on a run. Little touch in the Carnu's path. Can he finish? Carnu saved away by Wildsmith. And the end. Follow up. 
from Karoy Anderson has buried it and Charlton take the lead. What a moment for Karoy Anderson. You thought the chance had gone when Walsmith made the save. But it falls so nicely for Anderson. It's a wonderful first-time finish. But Adams takes his eye off the ball and Nikkei running forward. Perfect pass to find Khan, who must say it's a wonderful save from Wildsmith with his right hand. But then Anderson, that's a wonderful finish. No chance for Wildsmith, hits it with power. And John Thomas with the clearance away. Coventry hits it against Waghorn. Edmund Screen completes the header away and Carney picks it up for Charlton on halfway. Cashin trying to make it across there, does so. And that's the final whistle. And the Addicts will come away with three points. And a vital three points it is for Charlton. Superb second half performance that gives the Addicts the first victory in I don't know how long. <laughs> I don't normally put the final whistle in the highlights, but that was such an important moment for us this season. Uh, and an emotional one as well, Tash. I mean, I, I asked Lewis what it was like in, in that away end at full time. I, I guess relief will be up there along with pride and, and, and victory and, and all those feelings based on, on what's happened over the last three months. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was smiling to myself just then listening to the full time whistle because... I mean, we all celebrated like like it was a goal because we were all praying we were going to hold on. It felt like a goal in itself. And, yeah, listening back to the Anderson audio as well, like just picturing us all going nuts. Like it was me, Lewis, and my cousin just, yeah, it was honestly one of the best away games, to, not to rob in, Louis, but one of the best games I've been to in a long time. And, honestly, I, I turned around to Lewis, I think, and I said, like, I'm so glad that I was here and I'm so glad that we, we got to experience that and we were crazy enough to go up to Derby because, you know, I do feel like I'm going to run away with myself here and, you know, but I do feel like it's the start of something very special with Nathan Jones and to have been there for that moment was, was amazing. And yeah, I mean, Lewis already touched on it, but it's actually crazy to think that a month ago or just over a month ago, however long it is now that we're under Appleton and that game against Northampton, like look how much has changed since we played them. I, my God, like Appleton could only dream of, picking up the points that we picked up over the last few fixtures against those sides. Um, and the difference is just incredible. I, honestly, I think, you know, when we were being linked with all these other people, like Neil Warnock or whatever, like with all due respect, like this for me, again, we're only like four or five games in, but you can see that this was the right appointment. And you can just tell the way that the players seem just totally different as Lewis said like there's, there's players in there that you know we probably were getting so frustrated with a month ago thinking come on you're better than this and I'm looking at some of them like <clears throat> even Tenai Watson I'm looking at him and thinking he put an absolute shift in on on Tuesday night and you know it, it blows my mind that some of those players didn't even get a look in under Appleton like look at Karoy like look at Dan Carnu obviously Dan Carnu kind of proved inside the beginning of the season but you know, Nathan Jones has given those boys a chance and he's seen that potential and he's just, he's got it right so quickly. He really has. And it just, it does speak volumes about the people that we've had in charge of this football club, like over the last few seasons, like the Ben Garners or whatever. No offence to them, but this is exactly the appointment that we should have made. And it's just a shame that we haven't brought him in sooner. I wish that, you know, we hadn't had apples, unfortunately. This would have been after Dino or, you know, even earlier. Um, but thank God it's happening now. That's the main thing. Um, but the turnaround in in this amount of time is is incredible. I think it's actually easy to forget how 
bloody miserable everyone was and that result was like the last few months of rubbish just leaving everyone and everyone thinking okay we're making a step in the right direction yeah but fingers crossed it continues of course i mean michael says i've got to say i was on the fence when jones came in but to get five points from the top three sides is obviously a great return the only way is up now i mean tash touched on it there lewis how how has he turned it around to that extent because it's not it's not just results obviously we've gone a very long time without a win but it is is the fact that there hasn't been a massive change in personnel obviously we have had bodies that came in in january but even under michael they weren't really performing but just the what feels like effort levels a desire all of that has gone up tenfold and it's, it's remarkable how he's done that so quickly I, w- I wish i wish i had the answer as to how how he has but I'm, can you put your finger on what what you think he has done on the training ground i mean I think what what I've liked the most, I think, since Nathan's come in, has been, and what we've been lucky to see, I think, is like the amount of content that that the club have put out on him. And when I watch that content, like even from the first video of him doing his first training session, like the intensity and the passion shown in that very first video, I felt like, well, we're on to something here. And my favorite, one of my favorite things about Tuesday night was the clip that came out the next day of of Nathan Jones going up to Connor Coventry and screaming that he's outstanding in his whole with a couple of extra words in there but i'm not nathan muller so i'll keep it clean but it must be a nathan thing with all this potty mouth but um yeah like holding you know holding kind country by the head just screaming that is outstanding in his face and that, that's clearly a player that that came in with a lot of expectation because he came at a price we, we paid you know a significant sum for him i assume coming from west ham had championship interest we secured his services on a long-term deal and he hasn't quite hit it yet he came in, obviously the first half wasn't great, but that second half performance is as good as I've I've seen in a long time. And that has to be, you know, Nathan going up to him at the end and screaming that in his face, that the the smile on Connor Coventry's face. And that's just in like a split second video that we see everything that must be going on behind the scenes um, at the training ground. You know, he's he's obviously a massive motivator. Like I've got I've got a few friends at work who are Luton fans and they they just say that he's just the he's a passionate and intense guy that people will want to run through brick walls for. And I think that some of these players, they've got that, that trait about them, but they just haven't had it used to the, to their ability by the likes of Appleton because, you know, Michael Appleton could be a really nice bloke. I, I, I don't know, but that connection wasn't quite there with the fans. And what we've seen already from Nathan is a big connection, you know, after Bolton away straight over to the fans saying brilliant, and you see that the club put that out, the Jones cam against against Lincoln, that passion you see on the touchline, and then the same again. Like it's it's building that relationship. It's not just with fans, but it's with it's with players because you strengthen that relationship with the supporters. The supporters at this football club, especially, will go one hundred and fifty percent for you. And we saw that on Tuesday, the second half, that the noise was incredible for six hundred, seven hundred people to make that noise. I mean, Pride Park was silent; you could only hear Charlton fans and. It just pulls everyone in the same direction, and and I think Nathan probably like thrives on that energy, like absolutely thrives on that. He didn't quite get that connection at Southampton. It didn't feel like he got that connection at Stoke because he wasn't given the belief from the start. I think people were maybe a little bit shocked he got the Saints job, the Stoke job. They were a bit underwhelmed with him coming in as well. Where, where you know we're elated that he's come in, and and we're believing in him from the off, and and I think he absolutely feeds on that. And he he pushes that onto the players, and now we're seeing so much effort and desire from some. I mean, Terrell Thomas, even like some of the 
the passion and stuff that we've seen from these players that we thought were completely out in the cold or didn't want to be here, we've seen a complete U-turn on. And Nathan Jones, you know, it's been a short amount of time, but he has to take a huge amount of credit for for the change in mentality that he's brought to the same group of players that that other people haven't been able to to get the best out of. Yeah, Michael saying uh, we're all pretty happy with him being appointed. Nathan is showing uh, just why we were pleased with the appointment. Mark saying he's he's noticed a change that there's more uh, pressing and, and a lot quicker at that as well. Um, Finchy, uh, right, Finchy says it's early days in Nathan's term as manager, but he's clearly doing something right. What is clear is that the players have bought into it. And Dion said similar as well. He said he's totally changed the team mentality. Uh, no idea how he does it, but he seems to ooze passion and intensity. I mean, not only did he has he changed mentality over the last few weeks, he had to change something from the first half. Let's not get away at half time. My, my my feeling at half time was it's not been a very good game. We've not played very well, nor have they, but we've given away a goal. And and my sort of discussion I was having with myself at half time was if that if we hadn't conceded that goal just before half time, I probably would have been happy with another forty five of that. Um getting nil nil and, and see and, and you know take take the point home. But it make sure we listen to Nathan's interview after when he's asked about the first half compared to the second half. Because I thought he gave a fantastic answer. But obviously a big part of the change uh, that we saw is is Chooks and Ike coming on. Ben saying as much as I'm pleased with one, it is noticeable that the game changed when Chooks cheat code and Ike came on. Other than that, I still feel we might struggle with creativity. I mean, is it is it is it as simple as that, Tash? Is it this is the same way that Michael Appleton was winning games at the start of his tenure. He was able to bring on someone like Chooks from the bench. I mean, is there more to these performances than than what we saw before? I think there's more to the, I think there's more to it personally. Um, I'm sorry, I just have to. I saw someone say it in the comments, but uh, Nathan Jones's quote where it was like, I can't remember the beginning of it. It was I wanted to knock Derby out. Like you know, the first half wasn't completely horrendous by any means. Um, but we were getting overrun in midfield, as we've touched on. Um, but, you know, coming out of the second half, OK, yeah, you could say that, you know, like when you have an eco, that's fine. But I'm pretty sure Appleton also had Lee burn at the beginning as well. But, um, like, for me, I don't think Appleton would have read the game in the way that Jones did. Like, to me, the bringing Alfing on, putting him in a 10 and bringing Chucks on too, like... That changed everything. I don't think Pan had a particularly bad game, um, but he was struggling to hold the ball up slightly and we kept losing possession, didn't he? Um, you know, he's one of those players that has always tried really hard, but it just wasn't quite clicking. Uh, bringing May on in the 10 was was genius. Uh, obviously, you know, Ladapo as well in the first half. I didn't, I, again, I don't think he did badly, but he kind of failed to hold the ball up and, I don't know. I just don't think that as as well as I know, like Appleton did have an EK available, but I just don't think that he, you know, I think actually I remember getting really frustrated with Appleton towards the end of his tenure because he was refusing to bring on those substitutions when you should have done. Like he was almost kind of sitting in this sort of like automatic mode of I'll wait until the 75th minute exactly and then I'll bring on players I think that's what he did at Burton away even though it was so obvious that things should have been changed much earlier than that and you know as harsh as it is if people have to get pulled off at half time or in the 50th minute or whatever like if, if, if you've got to win games you've got to do what you've got to do and I mean I think we've seen it I don't think Nathan Jones is afraid to drop people when he thinks they need to be dropped I mean look at Alfie May and you know, I think he, Alfie did all right on Saturday against Portsmouth. But my God, when he came on on Tuesday, that guy had a rocket up his bum. Like, seriously, he was chasing everything down and was going for it like I've never seen before. And, 
you know, if you want to prove a point to Nathan Jones because he's because he's been dropped, then that's great because it got a brilliant performance out of him. Obviously, he finished the penalty fantastically well. Um, but yeah, going back to my main point, I think that you know, I think Nathan Jones makes bolder and braver decisions and reads these games much better than Appleton ever did, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Right, um, yeah, David said he was so pleased that Alfie scored his penalty and yeah, all that firing it down the middle and has finally paid off because he put one to the side and the keeper stayed rooted, didn't he? Uh, which worked out well for us. Some, someone mentioned earlier, I mean, there are so many players we can and, and will touch on. Dan Carney has to be touched upon. Karoy Anderson has to be touched upon later on. Coventry we spoke about a little bit earlier, but de- defensively we were good. Um, which, you know, other than the goal, which was obviously very frustrating, but we didn't give away many chances. Maybe that Sonny Bradley header late on uh, where he attacked the ball quite well and headed it straight at, at Harry Eisted. Um, before the game, I was I was chatting with Rich and we, we were discussing how's he going to go without Jones. And I, I said, I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he put Terrell Thomas in the centre of the back three because he did. I, I'm certain he's done that already in like the late stage of a game. So I said, I think he fancies in there. And, and he reacted to it well with the captain's armband on as well, Lou. There's a couple of people who've put comments in the chat, which I'll try and find uh, while you answer this question. But yeah, what, what, what did you make of him? And, and has, has he even stepped up a level recently? I think he has, actually. I, I kind of said before, even when we we're having a bit of a bad patch, and it, it wasn't a huge compliment at the time, but I said I think he'd been our best defender over the last couple of weeks, um, in the last few weeks under Appleton which I mean, obviously wasn't a huge comment, as I say, but um, it's um, he's definitely stepped up. I mean, it, Terrell is, is a funny one. Like I seem to remember last season as well. Like he was kind of looking like he could even potentially go in January this season and last season. And after that, he just kicked on and I seem to him being quite impressive. Like he was really impressive in the back end of the last season. I seem to remember. So we're kind of seeing that again. Now I want to see that consistently from him because He's really likable. Like again, I loved it when at full time he ran straight over to the away end and was like fist pumping and cheering. And that that's just passion that you want to see. And it was really nice for him to have the armband as well. Obviously, he came I don't know if he came through our academy from the start, but he was obviously an academy player with us before he went off and and played around elsewhere a little bit. He's obviously come back. So it's always nice to see that. But I think he's put a shift in like the last couple of weeks. So it felt like the captain's armband was was a reward for that. But the guy just, you know, uses passion and it's it's nice to see that his performances are, are are improving and he's playing well. And defensively, overall, as you say, like we've we've been like guilty of so many defensive calamities this season, which have led to us, you know, falling into the position that, that we're in. And to see some of these these players sort of sure it up a bit, especially the new signings, because I think I said on the show last week that the lights of of uh, Edmonds Green and and Gillespie maybe haven't been given the, the time to settle because we need that immediate impact because of the position we're in. I feel like we're maybe starting to see that now. I thought Reg had a good game as well as as Gillespie. So if we're seeing these these players start to you know settle at the club and, and we're starting to see the, the better and the best performances from them, then that that's only going to do us, you know, do us good as we as we head into a fixture list that on paper we we were quite looking forward to attacking because it feels like off the back of Tuesday we can we could go on a bit of a run now. Obviously, that's no disrespect to the opponents we have coming up because they're all battling too, maybe excluding Northampton. But after that, that you know the Cheltenham's, Fleetwoods, Carlisle's, they're all battling too, so they're not going to be they're going to be pushovers by any means, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how we 
deal with those sides as opposed to the sides near the top. But if we're starting to see these players now settle in, play to their strengths and have that belief under Nathan Jones, then hopefully we're, we're away from this precarious position as quickly as possible, even maybe with a chance just to look at finishing as high as possible rather than just staying in the division. Like if we can finish really strong and not just keep ourselves away from the drop, but just try and have a, a fairly dignified finish towards the the top end of the bottom half. If I haven't looked at the maths, you'll have to get the graph out. <laughs> but um, I don't think you need a graph for can we finish in the top half. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the timing now, if we, if we can kick on with a bit of a run with the fixtures we have coming up, these players are starting to get some belief and confidence in themselves. Then yeah, hopefully we can pull away from this position pretty quickly and, and enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, Robert asked in the chat earlier how, how the graph is looking now. Um, I mean, I think as it stands, we're, we're due to stay up by about 0.5 points. So we still need to pick up a couple more wins just to just to make sure we're away from that. Uh, Charlton fan 18 says that Karoy Anderson is quality uh, and wants to, to play on the half turn. Carnu uh, as well, pressing in uh, from the front, is actually underrated. He's so good at that and compensates for missing chances. I mean, even on... Uh, the last couple of chances he he's missed as such was the one on the, the the one early on against Portsmouth where he was so unlucky not to score against the post and obviously the one where the rebound led to Karoy Anderson's goal and uh, you watch it back that's a very good save like, I don't think Dan could have done a great deal more in in those two chances and obviously Karoy's finish was just exquisite for the for the second goal what a way to get your first league goal and what a time uh, to do it as well but I mean those two we, we we're speaking about them every week at the moment Tash because again Nate Nathan has, has picked them over and over again when perhaps they weren't starting as many games un, under Mickey Apples and and look look at the way they've repaid him with with the performances yeah, 100%. I mean, as I was saying, I just find it mad that Anderson wasn't even getting a look in at all, was he, towards the end of, of um, Appleton's reign. But, you know, yeah, Dan said it himself. I think when him and Croy had that brilliant video of them two reacting to Anderson's goal, it was so sweet. But, um, yeah, he obviously said, oh, like, that was actually a decent save because I think when he missed it, he was probably annoyed with himself and he seemed trying to pick himself up off the floor after thinking, oh, for God's sake. And then it's obviously turned around and seen that Crow has finished it for him. Um, and, yeah, I think it was something like, kind of, was, oh, you slapped that. Like, <laughs> it was just a great little interaction between them two. But, yeah, I, it's incredible, really. I mean, I know I feel like I said it's on boo in the face until the cows come home. But, yeah, our academy, again, has, has got us out of jail. Like I think I can't even remember the last like season where I look at our teams and just thought like there is at least one academy player in there that you look at and you think, thank God we have you. Like what would we do without you? And what would we do about our academy? Because those two, okay, and Lieber, and obviously if he hadn't been so injured this year, probably would be in that conversation too. But those two have come in and completely been part of that whole change that Nathan Jones has brought in. Um, you know. We're just we're just so lucky to have them, and it wouldn't surprise me that obviously there was so much chatter around Leeburn and like you know is he going to get sold? I mean you know obviously unfortunately he's been injured, and those conversations then thankfully for us closed in the January window. Um, but now I'm looking at these two and thinking like can we keep them a secret because I don't want anyone else to know about them. Um, but you know again they obviously feel so passionate for the club and. You know, unfortunately, I think there were people in that squad on, under Apples that just, you know, I don't think they didn't care. I think it was just more that, you know, they're not, it, it is what it is. If we get relegated, they'll go off and they'll, they'll go to pastures new or whatever. But those two uh, 
prime examples of people that have come through the club and you know it's not acceptable as a professional to not want to have this same level of effort but you know Carney and Anderson are prime examples of people that do want to be there and you can see that in their performances you can see that in their goal celebrations I mean look at look at them too and Karoy's goal went in and even when Alfie scored the penalty you can see steam coming off Karoy's head from where he's so excited like <laughs> so you know and that is all we asked for in the last couple of months when we were in the crap with apples, it was like, I just want a team that you don't have to be perfect, but as a as fan base, we don't expect perfection. All we want is for you to show that you care and to show that you have that battling passion. And those who have it in abundance is on top of, you know, you, you could be passionate and all that. You might not be the best player, but luckily for us they're all so brilliant at <laughs> football too um but yeah it's, it's it's been a pleasure watching them too this season I'm so glad they've got the opportunity they do and that and the Jones recognizes that yeah man like Mark says that even if we do comfortably stay up there needs to be a serious inquest into the season as a whole uh, so that we can kick on I mean certainly clearly the fact that we're still what 19th uh, after 33 games whatever on now shows that they're still it hasn't been a good season, but yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully it's groundwork. Hopefully there, there will be whatever needs to happen in the summer as well for, for it to be much better next year. Jonathan says, uh, confidence, uh, belief and hard work goes a long way, which Nathan Jones has instilled, especially in Canoe. Uh, and uh, Karoy, uh, brilliant to see. Well, let's have a listen to the man who has instilled that confidence in those two uh, young chaps. So uh, as uh, as has been mentioned by everyone who's, who's threatening me, uh, if, if I dare try and set foot by in near any away games again, I wasn't there on on Tuesday. But Harry Simu uh, from BBC Radio London sat in for me and did I did this this interview with with Nathan Jones. Have a listen to this, and uh, let us know what you think after. Nathan Jones, fantastic performance, fantastic result. How would you summarise your team's display today? It's a game of two halves. I think first off, we were nowhere near the levels that I, I demand from from these. We were tentative. We were. We weren't aggressive enough, and we allowed Derby to do certain things that we didn't want him to do. And uh, we had a few words half time, and second half thought we were outstanding. Thought we were absolutely outstanding. We overran them. We were, fucking ag- we were sorry, we were aggressive in, in, in what we'd done. And nah, really, really proud of the second half performance. And that's where they got to learn. They got to learn to to be this team. You know, they, they haven't won for for a long time. It's the first win in how many games? Saturday was the first clean sheet we had. So look, we're 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 having to you know sort of. Across milestones in terms of in terms of things, but the second half performance was was everything I wanted for my team. When you concede a goal really close to half time, it can be a bit of a blow, particularly when you've kept Derby at arm's length. They hadn't created that many clear cut chances at that point. Um, what do you say to your team at half time to try and make sure that their heads stay up? Yeah, but we're keeping Derby at arm's length. I don't want to keep Derby at that arm's length. I want to knock Derby clean out. That's the time type of, type of mentality we want. We don't want to come here and keep Derby at arm's length. You know, we believe with, with, with the club that we are that, that we're going to be better than these teams, not not like keeping them arm's length. All right, okay. First off, we were nowhere near, and we didn't let we didn't do what we wanted to do to Derby. But you know, in, in second half was all about us. You conceded. They showed their show character to come back. You know, we got we got the goals. We looked a threat. We got young kids on that pitch that are that are going to be superstars, I think. Um, but anyway, look, we're, uh, second half performance was everything I wanted to be. First off, is nowhere near. But let's not get kidding. We we don't we we, we ain't coming to t- teams to keep them at arm's length. Uh, Danny does. Brilliant stuff. I mean, you brought substitutes off the bench that all had an impact on the game. Does it show that the squad is certainly above in terms of where it looks like it is in the league table? Uh, absolutely. But but look, after 35 games, you are where you should be. 
like. So we are tonight where we should be, like over the season. Not the last five, six games, because we've you know we were tentative against Reading, but since then we've been unbeaten against some tough sides. Some real, real good sides. Four sides that are in form that are, you know, really good. Lincoln they're in wonderful form. The other three are the top three teams in the side. Um, 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 and now we started showing sort of form that 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 can that, that, that can take us forward uh, uh, if you like. But like, I, I'm just. They, they get, you said about the substitutes, they're game changers. We call them game changers, not substitutes. So they come on and, and wanted to do that, and we did, and we've got that mentality. And it's a squad game, people that miss out. You know, Conor Condry was magnificent tonight, but he missed out when he, when he, when he involved on, on the weekend. And that's the squad mentality. That's the one team, one goal that we have to have. To have. And just a word for the fans that made the trip tonight, because you had a great moment with them at the end of the game. Well, look, David, I've been waiting for that, you know, in terms of what we're building, what we're trying to do here. But wonderful, absolutely wonderful. To travel up here on a Tuesday night after being at home and lots of games, absolutely superb. Really proud of our, um, um, of our fans. But we gave them something tonight, second half especially. So I'd rather have had the second half like that than it being the other way around. So really, really pleased for everyone at the football club. And it's a, it's a good night for the club tonight. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Just before the adverts there, we heard uh, Nathan Jones speaking to Harry Simeon from BBC Radio London after the 2-1 win uh, at Derby County on um, Tuesday night. He, he did drop the F-bomb, Lou. Like, he, was, he was a bit pumped up, if, uh, if we're being honest, but it wasn't as much as I enjoyed that, and I always do laugh when it happens. Um, it, it was it was a we want to knock Derby clean out comment that really that really spoke to me after the game. I think you could even hear Harry sounded a bit impressed by it when he said, "Oh, that's really good." Um, yeah, what, what what did that interview say to you? Just like highlights again his his passion and drive and and that he believes in this in this set of players, you know, and that and that's important for for confidence and for moving forward into a really 
important period for us now. Um, I love that term that we don't want to just go toe to toe. We want to knock them clean out because it shows that we're not going there just thinking, oh, if we get something here, it's amazing. Go getting, you know, going there and getting something should be expected. And it's a complete shift in mentality, especially when we are where we are in the table. Um, and it's exciting to get behind. And it's just the passion he uses, like even the dropping the F-bomb, like it, obviously it's funny, but I, I love it. Like I get behind it because it shows that he he really cares and he believes in this team and doesn't feel like anyone's believed in these players this season. So it's uh, it's a real a real shift and I'm just excited to have him for the rest of the season and I'm, and I'm even more excited for for what he what he can do in the summer and and how we kick on next season really as much as I hate this like writing seasons off early and just looking ahead to next season because it feels like we've done it religiously for the last three or four years with someone like Nathan at, at the helm it feels like it, it could be something really really special and I, I really do hope that is the case yeah uh, Paul's saying uh, Nathan Jones's knock them clean out addicts here. Yeah, I think that spoke to quite a few people. He also said, can we play the Rocky theme at the Valley before the teams come out at half time from now on? Um, yeah, Michael's saying he's a great actor. If we believe what Appleton said about managers uh, showing passion, a lot of people are looking forward to Nathan Jones and, and Steve Evans on the touchline in a few weeks. Brazilian said it's going to be absolute cinema. Uh, all hell let loose wants to see. Let's ready. Let's get ready to rumble for that game. I mean, Stuart, Stuart makes the point then. So amazing how looking at the fixtures at the beginning of February, thinking we're going to get nothing out of the three games that we've ended up with five points and unbeaten. Fantastic. I mean, in a way, I see these as five bonus points. And again, we, we said a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we don't consider any game a free hit in the situation we were in. But on the other side, I do kind of consider those bonus points because you weren't expected to get them, Tash. And, and it's left us in a much more comfortable position than I feared we were going to be in. My, my genuine fear was we would have dropped into the, the bottom four um, after the after these games. So we've ended up four points above the drop zone. Cheltenham, who still have two games in hand on us, uh, are four points behind us. Obviously, Reading have had two extra points deducted now, so they're back behind us by one point. Uh, Port Vale aren't looking very good. They've still got two games in hand as well. But the, how, how tough it could have been considering and, and and where we are now it, it does explain why everyone is feeling so much better than than we feared we would be at this stage yeah 100 percent. i think like mentally as well like for the players and everyone like it's easier to be in this position where we've managed to stay out of that drop zone albeit we we're on goal difference when we were signing on on tuesday night um but you know, it's easier to be above it and, you know, you don't want Reading to be in the position that they're in, but that has benefited us. Um, and it's easier to be here than it is to be scrapping, sucked into it and then trying to get yourself back out. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if I'd have looked at those fixtures and we still had Appleton in charge, like I just would have been like, I can't even bear to follow along with the score because I just would know what was going to happen. And, you know, in an alternate universe, it would have been interesting to see how we would have got on. Um, but yeah, as we've all been saying, five points out of those games is is incredible. And I, I just, yeah, I wouldn't have, have thought we'd be able to do that. And, you know, I've had like Portsmouth fans at work saying to me that, you know, they they thought we were really good on Saturday. Uh, same with the Derby fans. They all thought we were really good. Obviously, same with the Barton fans. And they're all asking themselves how the hell are we in this position? And I wish I could tell them. Um, but, you know, yeah, in much better position. I mean, now the job isn't done, I will say. Like, you know, we now got to make sure that after doing all of this and working hard and, and scraping those points out against Portsmouth and Bolton, 
and getting that well-deserved win that we had been building up to and that we fully deserved on Tuesday. The thing is now to not, you know, have all these fixtures which we're deeming easier, quote-unquote, and then bottle it. But to be honest with you, for the first time in my life, I mean, this is Charlton we're talking about, so I probably should know better. But the first time in my life, I'm looking at those fixtures and thinking, there's no reason. There is no reason that we can't go and, and just go on a winning run now because that confidence has got to be there. You can't go and beat the second place in the league. And by the way, no disrespect to Derby, but it just shows how poor this league is because they weren't like great. Um, there's no reason that we can't go and, and pick up as many points as we can. You know, obviously one step at a time. But as Lewis said, you want to be able to end this season on a high. Uh, moving into next year, you want you want to do that in terms of keeping players and building those foundations. And Nathan Jones keeps saying so. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bonus, but we definitely got to kick on from it. The job is the job is not done. Yeah, Sam Wyatt saying playoffs still mathematically possible. That's what one win does for you, isn't it? After I did I did uh, look, even if we if we won the rest of our games, we'd still be about four points short short of the average needed for playoffs. So. Whilst they might still be mathematically possible currently, I don't don't think we, we we've got that much of a chance, um, unfortunately, uh, because we just went sixteen games without winning. They're the sort of runs you don't get when you get in the playoffs. Um, although interesting, you mentioned Derby, you know, not great. Bolton struggling a little bit. I saw one of the guys from the Trotters chat pod was calling for Ian Everts' head. Uh, they're what were they third <laughs> with games in hand. Like it's crazy, really. But yeah. The, as as Tom has said on our show quite a lot, it, it just sums up the frustration of, of how bad our season has been when you look at actually it's a pretty average League One uh, this this time around, and we have, but we have played well against um against those top sides. I mean, I mean, just before we bring in our our guest fan or our guest for a Northampton Lewis, uh, there, there was a chat there from from Robert saying let's not get too carried away. We have to build upon the recent performances. So I mean, just to play devil's advocate then, so let's say Chucks gets injured in the next in the next week. How do we ensure that we still play to that level without him or something like like how, how do we ensure it's not just the fact that we are able to bring on a game changer with 20 minutes left and not have to take off a striker and bring on someone who can't change a game? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like the, the positive um, train that we're on at the moment is is fun because we haven't felt this way for a while. So we're, we're going to get carried away a little bit because it's just we've bottled up so much you know, negativity and frustration. And we finally had a, had a good result that we're all on cloud nine. And it is, it is easy to like, forget that there's still games to play and, and that anything can happen. And, you know, we had a bit of a mini run when Appleton came in and see then Chuck's got injured. A few other players got injured and followed, but I just feel like I get more from, from Nathan than I, than I did under, under Michael. So I think that he's got something about him that will, that will make any player, run through brick walls for him and, and put the effort in to do their best for this team. And of course, like any any side is weakened when they lose their best players. You know, if Chucks did get injured again, which, you know, touch wood that he doesn't, it, it's naturally a big impact. I mean, we feel it a lot. I think I saw a stat that he's like 49% of our points have been won with Chucks in the, in the squad, which is insane. He's a very important player for us. And it, it's frustrating that, that his injury record is what it is. Um, but I think that's most sides. You know, Bolton had lost Dion Charles and, and Santos when they played us, and I didn't think they were that good. And there's been sides that have lost key players, and it's how you deal with it. And I suppose, like now, where everyone is going to want to play, at the football club is going to want to play for this side and want to play for Nathan. So 
the people that are in the wings need to be need to be ready and, and need to be committed and and be able to make a difference if they're called upon to come in and try and carry some of that load if if chucks does get injured but but fingers crossed he doesn't you know we've, there's obviously been like there must be work going on in the background as to keeping an eye on his his conditioning we've obviously had new members of staff join that you know performance analysts and and dr will abbott and people like that that can Made that maybe are keeping a closer eye on these things and, and trying to prevent the injury buildup that we seem to get every season. But obviously, the, the likes of Chucks and, and Pan Kamara, as another example, are, are probably special cases to that because of how bad their injury record is. But you can't, they're the things you can't control. If a, if a player gets wiped out tomorrow and, and breaks his leg, we, we can't control that. You just need to make sure that the players in and around the building and in and around the squad are there and, and able to step up if called on to. Yeah, well, Jonathan says it's the mentality of the players now that we have the win. Uh, that's the biggest thing. The players believe in it. Massive march ahead. Well, we start our march fixtures uh, with a march up to the Cobblers. And uh, yeah, Danny Brothers from the It's All Cobblers to Me pod uh, joins us now. Uh, good evening, Danny. How you doing, mate? Evening, evening. How are you all? Yeah, well, we're absolutely on cloud nine because yeah. we've won a game of football, which uh, I'm sure you guys know more about that than we do. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us about, about your season so far. So you're sitting uh, 11th uh, in League One uh, following your promotion uh, last campaign. Uh, I think you've only lost one in the last five as well. How have you rated your, your campaign in League One? Yeah, I mean, anybody looking at this at this stage of the season, if you look at it at the start, you, you say Northampton and Charlton, where do you think they'll be? I, I assume a lot of people, I would have put us completely opposite directions. We would have been in a relegation battle. You would have been up there in the top half. I'm not going to say chasing playoffs because I don't think we quite are, <laughs> but um, comfortable in there at, at least as well. So this like the season for us, having just come up, it's, you've just got to survive. And we've done so much more than that. We've, we've had little sticky patches along the way, like occasional odd performance that wasn't quite up to scratch. You know, we've lost 4-0 to Derby. We lost 3-0 at home to Portsmouth. We had a game against Shrewsbury that was pretty terrible at home and lost, I got hammered by Portsmouth again. But it's it's only really lasted one or two games. It's never really been a massive run of three, four, five games without a win and things like that. It's We always seem to bounce back. We've played the same way pretty much the whole season. We played the same way as we did last season with most of the same squad and the same team in as well. It's given us a bit of continuity, but I don't think any Cobblers fan at the start of the season would have come anywhere near really, really believing that we would have been finishing like top 10, top 12, because it, it, we just, we're just programmed to think, right, first season back in League One, stay up. You've got to stay up and build from there. But, you know, this season's just been, it's been fantastic. It's been so much fun. You know, when, you, when you're in, in mid-table and you, you're coming up with results and moments like down at your place, um, it's just it becomes a special season and I think sometimes you can think of it of a mid-table season you you think it's boring you think this that and the other but actually we've had some really really special moments throughout the season so it's been it's been fantastic yeah we've loved it hi Danny uh, obviously it's been a, a fairly impressive return to league one for for yourselves and one of the most impressive players for you has been Sam Hoskins um apart mm. from him who who are the players that that Charlton fans need to maybe be aware of on on Saturday and need to keep an eye out for that are probably your your you know most dangerous players if you like yeah it's mark leonard for me we will sing mark leonard's praises for until the end of the season until he goes back is on loan from brighton um i think he would have played in the game down at your place as well he's just one of these players that has just got that little bit more that little bit extra he was on loan with us last season and he's got even better and better over the last couple of seasons he's 
so good on the ball is technically one of the most gifted players I've ever seen in a couple of shirt. Like for a lot of us who are sort of 30, 40 years old, he is the best player we've ever seen in a cobbler's shirt. He's that good. Um, we've been debating it over the last few weeks, but over the last couple of months, performances especially, he's kind of reached that level where we just can't ignore it anymore. And we just got to say, right, he is literally the best player we've ever seen in a cobbler's shirt. Probably not the highest of standards, but <laughs> to hold it to. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's superb. Like set pieces, he'll make things tick. He, he just everything goes through him, um, and we'll just be sad to see him go in the summer. He will be in the championship next season for sure. Hi, Danny. Thanks for coming on. I just wanted to get your thoughts because I feel like this season everyone's gone on about League One and it being a lower quote unquote standard. But have there been any sides really that? stood out to you as the best because we've been having this debate of like none of the sides in league one being that amazing but has there mm. been any in particular that you think have really stood out to you and that think you think deserves to go up i mean it's really weird isn't it because you only kind of base it on the teams that you face so it's it's difficult to say as a whole who you think the better team is it's easy to say it's portsmouth because they've beaten us four nil and four one and dominate sorry three nil and four one they dominated us for for both games and when you see that in action you just see their their forward play you see how well they attack and everything and you just think there's no better team in the league whereas we played um a couple of weeks ago we played Bolton at home and they didn't look like anywhere near what Portsmouth were um but obviously they're right up there so they've got to have some sort of consistency to them and they must play well in other games it's it's just a weird league that it's a, such a cliche but anybody can beat anybody at any given time because it's it's just the the good teams are really good on their day but they can have a slip and I, i'd say probably portsmouth from what i've seen but again they 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 can have a bad performance so um yeah difficult to really really say but portsmouth from what we've seen for sure and just finally, Danny, I mean, uh, obviously, when we were searching for a manager, I think after Dean got sat to the start of the season, obviously, John Brady's name was one that, that mm. came up. So somewhat ironically, I was sat in the same room as John Brady when we found out that Michael Appleton was getting sacked because he was in there doing his post-match interview. So I showed on my phone to the journalist who was speaking to him, Appleton's been sacked, so he could immediately thrust his microphone in his face and say, do you want the Charlton job? Whilst he was talking about, about but, um, you, you, well, did you ever fear losing him to us? And I mean, tell us about the journey he's been on because it, it sounded, I think he came in sort of as a short-term option and seems to have, have stayed around. Yeah, it's weird because Chris Wilder was the same, wasn't he? He almost went to you guys, I think, when we won the league in 2016. He was really close from what I, what I remember of going to you, but then obviously Sheffield United come in for him. Um, so we saw the links, but I don't know. We just no, I don't think we ever really thought from the position that you're in, it would be the right fit because I feel like you needed somebody that that could really take you and grab you and move, like bring you along. And I, I feel like at the moment the fit is here with us. Um, he. He's been in, in and around the non-league team um, in Northamptonshire for a good sort of 10 years or so. He, he's managed the youth teams. He's you know, been assistant manager to Keith Curl before he came in. And when he came in, we were uh, quite a low ebb in League One. So we were pretty much down under Keith Curl. He came in and tried to say, tried to keep us up. But it just didn't, didn't happen for him. And um, the last couple of seasons, it's, it's just been incredible for us. He's one of the, one of the best managers that I've seen, or that we've had that connection to the fan base. You'll, you've started to get it now with Nathan Jones. You, you know what it's like to have someone on the, on the touchline, and I know that's not what it's all about. Um, but to have someone on the touchline that's reflecting the fan base, and that's what he does. And some of his celebrations this season, he's he's charged out at Lincoln when we've won the game. He's running up and down the touchline. He's getting sent off every fifth game and <laughs> things like that up in the stands. But he just shows that that passion and that 
desire for the club but at the same time his sort of long-term plan that he put in place along with like a management team that we put in place a few a couple of seasons ago it's just taken us to completely new heights and we can't say enough good things about him you know yeah he'll have his occasional moment where it won't go for him but is constantly feels like he's battling against the elements and the budget that he's got is one of the lowest in the league and to take us into the top half is pretty miraculous um some of the development of the young players coming in on loan with so noticeable Kieran Bowie, Mark Leonard, who we mentioned earlier, um, just really taking them on. And he started to change the whole culture of the club. It's not just the management thing. It's the, the, his whole outlook and way about the club has changed the, the whole atmosphere and the culture about the club where we're now a, a club where where teams are sending players on loan, which is vital to us with the lower budget. We've got to take loan players. Um, so everything's completely changed. Um, in the three years has been a, and uh, we just we just want to hold on to him as as long as we can, really. Yeah, and just uh, just just a one word answer then. So Shank Bacon saying, "What's the best pub in Northampton for the Charlton fans to head to?" For Charlton fans, well, Sixfields is quite well out of town, so there's a few. I think I don't know if you're still the pub in it might be in TGIs or something. I think maybe for away fans. I mean, on occasions we let fans in the supporters bar, but I don't with a big crowd. I don't think it'll be that'll be the case. So there's the there's the bowling which has. I think sometimes allows away fans in there's a, at the top of the hill. Um, I think if it's like large groups, then you probably won't get into too many places, but you'll, you'll see when you come around where, where all your groups are. It's usually like, I think it's the TGI is just outside, just opposite the stadium where away fans gather and are let in. There we go. That's obviously the most important news uh, that we could get from yeah. you. Guys. So cheers, <laughs> cheers, for, cheers for coming on. And nice yeah, best, of, best of luck for the rest of the season after, after Saturday, of course. Yeah. Cheers. Hopefully we'll talk to you again next season. There we go. Cheers. That's uh, that's Danny Brothers uh, from the all, It's All Cobblers to Me uh, podcast. Right, let's have a look ahead to Saturday from a Charlton point of view, starting off with the Addicts boss. Uh, Nathan Jones spoke to Terry earlier on today. First up, uh, an injury update on Tanae Watson. At the end of it, uh, Tanae Watson playing through the pain barrier. Unfortunately, he had to come off. Um, firstly, how is he? Um, uh, and secondly, um, can he continue to manage the, the injury through the season or is it something got to be done? I don't know. I don't think it's anything serious like that. It's just sort of like stiffness and tightness because of the games, because of, you know something's happened and then it, it's things. So that'll ease up. It's just how quickly and, and how much he's able then to manage it. Um, it's going to be a heavy schedule. You mentioned that the tough schedule we've had. It's going to be a heavy schedule in March, six games. Uh, four of those are against sides around us in the table and four of them are away from home. Um, how important is the momentum we built up to this point going forward? Well, yeah, it's crazy. It's also, it's, you know, the EFL's always got a crazy fixture list. And in, in terms of away fixtures, it's, it's mental because you know it's, well, it's a bit strange because we've had three on the spin now. We've got a lot of away games and and stuff. It's just how, how it's somewhere along the line we would have had to have a lot of home games because at the end of the day you've got to play twenty three home, twenty three away. So it's it evens itself out. But it just seems to fix the schedule for us at the minute is is yeah is is a little bit. Is very hectic, a little bit crazy with with all the away games, but we'll have to manage that and we'll have to build that momentum and pick up the points that we need because, as I said, these are big games coming up. I know you said before that uh, you'd prefer, if possible, to keep the same 11 uh, week in, week out, but with that heavy schedule, we're going to need to use the squad we've got. Oh, it's impossible, I think, to, to keep the same 11, um, to play an intense football game, um, to play the way that we want to play, the manner we demand from people, and then sporadically training between to then pick the same 11 and, and get the same outcomes is very, very difficult. So we're going to have to use the squad. Another sold out uh, away end. We'll travel to, to Northampton uh, again uh, for Charlton's game against uh, Northfield. Northampton, I mean, the Sixfield Stadium is going to be a special atmosphere on Saturday. 
Well, I hope so, because I said the more we can, every little bit we, we can get, we need, and every little bit the help that the fans can give us, and then hopefully we can give them a performance that send them home very, very, you know, very happy. And um, I said we started to expect that from the fans now in terms of the, the following, and it's brilliant to see because uh, that's what we want to generate. We want to generate a, a real togetherness, a real atmosphere where we all want to achieve the goal and they can help in that. There we go, that's Nathan Jones looking ahead to Saturday's trip then. Uh, up to Northampton as the Addicts look to go for back-to-back wins for the first time uh, this season. We've had a couple of emails in uh, as well that I just wanted to point out. As Again, Peter saying I'm not allowed to go on Tuesday uh, or on Saturday, saying is there any chance you've got a wedding you can go to Saturday followed by an important business meeting on Tuesday? Well, it was sort of a business thing on this Tuesday, just gone was the reason I couldn't go. So, yeah, I, I had a new job, so clearly... Uh, that's uh, I made a mistake there in applying for that. Um, and, and also, uh, Ray says, Nathan Jones picked Harry Eisted when he came, and you can see he's a more vocal, uh, which the defenders like, and is better uh, with his feet than Ashley. So, um, yeah, starting with, with the team news for, for Saturday, I, I, I won't mention the goalkeeper because I, I, I just see there's no way that's going to change, Lewis. But what, what should we say about the up top and, and, and the 10 then? Um, so Alfie obviously came off the bench and played 10. I mean, could he start there behind Ladapo and Carnu? Um, and, and would that obviously that would mean lose, moving someone out of midfield. So there's already selection headaches forming there for, for Nathan Jones because of the way we reacted in that second half on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd like to see that because I think Alfie brings so much and it feels like Nathan's opting for sort of two bigger forwards. So then it's trying to get Alfie into that side. And I, th- I think it's too important to leave Alfie off the pitch until the 60th, 70th minute every week. So I'd like to see that. It's just then making sure that the two midfielders that remain are capable of of filling those gaps. Because as I say, I thought weirdly in the first half, we looked more open in midfield than than in the second half. And in the first half, we had Pan, uh, Coventry and, and Anderson. And then, you know, second half, we, we had Alfie in there and I, I thought we looked better. So... For me, I'd like to see it. I, I do wonder whether what plays into mind is is how the strikers cope. Like if, if Freddie or or Dan get injured, then you've got Alfie to bring on immediately. Or if any of the strikers get injured, you've got someone to bring on immediately. Where in in that sense, you'd maybe have Chucks as a like for like, or, or you're changing the system. And I, I don't think you know Touchwood. None of them get injured, but if you get injured after sort of ten minutes, and Chucks has to come on and play eighty minutes, and I'd be really really nervous for those eighty minutes. Um, but I can't see a huge amount of change. I, I thought we were we were obviously really, really good second half. So I'd like to think that Alfie comes in uh, from the start. And then uh, the thing for me is whether he goes for Coventry or Dovo, because I thought Coventry second half was really, really good. I don't think taking Anderson out of the side is going to be something that Nathan will do. So that spot will be between Dobbo and, and Coventry. So I'm quite interested to see what happens there. And then obviously what happens if if um to know Watson is is fit or not who will play on that side if if he isn't so yeah, there's a few little selection uh, headaches for Nathan to think about but better to have selection headaches for positive reasons than for negative you know like have players playing in positions and performing well and not knowing who to pick is much better than being like we've we're clutching at straws we've changed the team this many times and we still look rubbish you know it's good that we're in the position we're in now where the headaches are positive so for me, I'd like to see Alfie in the 10, but um, I don't know if that'll be something that, that Nathan will do. 
yeah, Dean says I need to go to the barbers on Saturday. Um, uh, <laughs> Shank says I need to sort my priorities out. Um, Sam saying which legend said Alfie behind Carnu and Chucks would be a good shout on Sunday. So obviously Sam said that. Uh, although Michael Appleton did say that himself a few times when he played Alfie in the 10 as well. Um, Spamfish says uh, Kamara decision making the only real negative. Hopefully just a bad night. I, I, I thought he was poor on, on Tuesday night. What, obviously watching on the stream. Uh, David would like to see May uh, play as a 10. So I mean Lewis raised the question I was going to put to you there, Tash, um, about Coventry or Dobson. Uh, again, there's probably not a great deal of room for manoeuvring in the, the defence. So I, I expect it to be the same. So there, that is probably one of the biggest choices he's got to make then in the middle of that park between the skipper and Coventry. You know, I said on Saturday, you know, he wasn't in the squad on Saturday, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was to come back in and being rotated. And that's exactly what happened. So will we see another circular rotation on, on, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a case of Coventry comes in and Dobbo's never going to be seen again. I mean, you know, the stuff that happened at the end of January, it's quite clear that Nathan Jones wants Dobbo there and he wants him in the round team and he wants him playing. So, you know, it wouldn't have done him any harm to have some time out because he has been one of our most consistent players in terms of minutes over the season. So, but I do, it's hard though, because obviously Coventry did have a good second half against Derby. So it could be the case of starting Coventry and bringing Dobbo on for a little bit of extra legs, but it, it is a tough one. I agree with the defence. I think I, I wouldn't change anything personally. Um, by the way, shout out to Thierry Small. We haven't mentioned him yet. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. It was the first time I watched him against Portsmouth. Um, and because I didn't, I, I think he played a bowl, and oh, yeah, he did because he scored, didn't he? But, um, yeah, I didn't go to the bowl game, I didn't watch that, but I was so impressed with him on Saturday, and I was so impressed, even more impressed with him actually on Tuesday night. Like, I was especially on that left hand side. Um, you know, we've missed someone running down those channels, and, and he's been doing great at that, as well as winning back possession. He's, he's, he's fantastic in that position, but yeah, the midfield debate, I don't know, I'm not sure what the answer is to be honest with you, purely maybe because Coventry did so well in the second half at Derby, it might be quite harsh to drop him, um, but I don't think he'll be completely out of it, if Dobbo does start he'll probably come on, but again we've said it many times, but you can't play both of them, and obviously Anderson needs to be in there after his performance so it's it's, it's tricky, I wouldn't want to be Nathan Jones let's put it that way <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that we are not Nathan and have to make these decisions. But I'm glad uh, so far that we've got him because he's, he's uh, breathed some real life into this side. Right, we've run out of time uh, on this week's uh, big match preview. Finally, a show where we've been looking back uh, at a win. Hopefully on Sunday, we'll be looking back at another win uh, with the Addicts making their way up to Northampton. So yeah, thanks for everyone who's joined us uh, live on the show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel. Uh, just hit the little subscribe button just below the video where you're seeing it. Thanks for everyone who's caught up as well after the event, either on YouTube or via the podcast. Massive thanks to Danny uh, who joined us uh, earlier on to look ahead to the game uh, with the Cobblers. Big thanks to Lewis and Tash as well. Great to speak to you too. Cheers both. Cheers guys. Good to see the pair of you. So I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening uh, to this week's Charlton Live sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. I look forward to seeing you all up at Sixfields uh, on Saturday. If you do see me uh, approaching the stadium, please don't attack me. Uh, let's just assume that at some point I will see us win away from home. Right, this has been Charlton Live. We'll see you again on Sunday. 